Well, it is great to be back here at Frost Middle School. I was a guest, if you are a guest here, indeed, welcome. I was a guest, not for this congregation, but my home church uh, uh, 31 years ago, September 1985, with Naomi in a stroller, three months old. We uh, attended church here for several years, and then our church grew out of this building, went to Robinson, to West Springfield, and now um, Redeeming Grace Church, and uh, right next to the Country Club of Fairfax, if you know where that is, on 123. Um, My youngest son went to middle school here. He's at Woodson next door now, graduating this year, and I'm told by Naomi some of his artwork is still in some of the classrooms that he... uh, assembled five, five years ago. Before we dig into the message, tomorrow's the 29th of uh, February, and uh, the title of my message this morning is, is Don't Forget Jesus, and we need resources to help us to uh, not forget Jesus, to remember Jesus. And I have a, uh, some gifts for anybody that has a birthday uh, every four years on the 29th of February. Anybody here this morning got a birthday tomorrow? No 29th February? How about today? 28 February? Okay, I have a gift for you. Anybody else have a gift uh, birthday yesterday? 27 February. No sweat, 27. How about an anniversary today? No anniversaries? March 1st. March 1st. One for you. Anybody else on March 1st? Yes? All right. So uh, all the children's ministry teachers got a little shortened version. This is called the Gospel Primer. A primary, like, what is that? It's a book that covers the basic elements of a subject. But really, uh, the Gospel Primer, if you don't have a copy, and if you're looking for a little, very, a 31-day little devotional, this guy named Milton Vincent, he's actually, sounds like an old dead guy, but he's actually alive. He's a pastor in California. It's a great little book. So the children's ministry teachers, when you pick up your kids today, thank them for serving uh, your kids today. We're going to be um, reading from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and reading verses 1 through 9. And as I mentioned, the title of my message this morning is Don't Forget Jesus. And uh, it's, a, it's a memory message, you know, and uh, one of the things that I can really obsess about is my tools. If I misplace a screwdriver, my family will tell you I'll be on a mission until I find that screwdriver that I left somewhere and forgot about it. And like, where's my screwdriver? And I got to find it. And um, my memory works really good with my tools. I never forget, uh, you know, I, I keep track of my tools. I never forget... Um, a meal. Uh, nobody has to remind me, you know, when it's lunchtime. Uh, but when it comes to anniversaries and birthdays sometimes, I have six children, sometimes I can forget um, uh, birthdays. And sometimes, uh, sadly, after 30, this will be year number 34 of marriage, I, there's been a couple May 16ths that have come around, and I... Uh, wasn't quite prepared for my anniversary, but my, uh, my dear wife, she's home uh, sick today. She can't be here. Jennifer uh, 
But uh, our memories are interesting things that, uh, you know, there's been a lot of time and energy and science studying the, the brain and how we uh, are able to remember. And that um, comes to our relationship um, uh, with Christ. Sometimes we can forget him as well. Uh, just a little bit of background about this letter that Paul wrote to Timothy. It says, Second uh, Timothy is the last letter I believe that we have preserved by the Apostle Paul. And it's an old man uh, like me writing to, to a young man. And uh, Paul's writing from prison the last days of his life, actually, before he would be executed by his detractors and his persecutors. But this letter, unlike, say, for example, the letter to, to Corinthians, which Paul wrote to an entire church, this letter was a personal letter written to this young um, uh, man named Timothy. And uh, it is, if, as you read it and have an opportunity to dig in on it sometime, you'll see it's a very, very personal letter. Um, he writes, he, he starts out the letter saying, Timothy, my beloved child. Timothy was an elder at the church at Ephesus that Paul helped plant. And Paul had uh, installed Timothy as the past, one of the pastors there and uh, had left and gone on his missionary journey, ultimately ending up in prison in Rome before he would be executed. And Paul had heard about the circumstances going on in Ephesus and the troubles that Timothy was encountering. And he writes back to him and provide, we have this letter preserved for us uh, for our instruction and for our encouragement. Back to Paul, his circumstances were such, as I mentioned, he's suffering from unbelievers who have imprisoned him and are persecuting him. He's in, literally in chains because of his faith in Christ. And ultimately, he's going to give his life uh, for the gospel. But he's also experiencing suffering, and it's a huge trial for him that he, he's experienced from believers as well. He's... He's in pain, in anguish, as he's been let down by other Christians. Some of the Christians that uh, either he was in direct or indirect contact with had actually embraced a false gospel. And there were false teachers out there who were preaching another gospel. And that just caused Paul to be in great anguish. Some of the believers... Had, uh, uh, had actually turned away not only from Paul, but from, from the Lord and completely departed the faith. And that was upsetting and uh, really um, uh, disappointing to Paul. And, uh, and this was happening actually even in a church at Ephesus. And so he's, he's writing back to Timothy. Um, the trials and the difficulties that were coming had come to Paul and to Timothy. They though intended for their good, were producing for uh, some of the believers a lot of fear. And I appreciated the meditations this morning. That word fear can, came up a, a number of times. And instead of walking by faith all too often, I know in my own life I can give in to fear. And that was the problem for this church in Ephesus. This was the problem that Timothy was battling with. Uh, you think back of a you know, well-known verse in, in, in 
First, uh, 2 Timothy 1, chapter uh, 1, verse 7, where Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, God hasn't given us the spirit of fear. Why did he have to say that to Timothy? Because Timothy was very fearful of all the difficulties that he was encountering. And word must have gotten back to Paul that Timothy was struggling. And so Paul writes this wonderful letter um, that we have preserved for us. So let's open up our Bibles or open up your apps to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll read verses 1 through 9. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus. And what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Verse 3. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel, for which I am suffering, bound with chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Let's pray. It's God's word. Father, we thank you for your word, and I pray that you would help me as I share this message with these dear ones for whom you sent your son to die. Lord, that you would help them on their journey in this life and help them this day strengthen their faith. Lord, help them in their hearing and help me in my preaching today. In Christ's name, amen. If I had to sum up... uh, the, the point of this message, the main point this morning, it's this grace from God for you on your journey to heaven. But you can miss that grace if you forget Jesus. And so that, again, my, the title of my message this morning is Don't Forget Jesus. No matter how great the trial, no matter how weak you might find yourself in, God has grace stored up for you and it will see you all the way home. John MacArthur says, God has given believers all the spiritual resources they need for every trial and threat. MacArthur's a well-known pastor out in California, and I just love the way he says things so succinctly. God has given believers, God has given you all the spiritual resources that you need for every trial and for every threat. And Really, he's giving you all the resources you need for everything um, you, you might need in this life. And uh, let's you know, zoom in now a little bit closer to the circumstances by which Paul wrote to, to, to Timothy. And look back again at, at, verse, at verse 3 here. Um, <clears throat> Paul says, surprisingly... Not uh, at first blush might be a little like uh, discouraging. Paul writes to Timothy. He says, "Share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ." 
I don't know about you, but like when I put my hand on a hot stove, I like to run away. I like to pull back. And if I'm aware that there's going to be pain involved, I usually am inclined to uh, see how I can get away from it. But Paul surprisingly writes to Timothy, knowing that he's suffering maybe in some similar ways as he was. He wasn't in prison, of course, but he, he realized that Timothy needed encouragement. And so he says to him in verse 3, to share in suffering. It's really counterintuitive if you think about it. Um, I was thinking this week as I was preparing, you know, the Lord's brother James, he writes to, um, to uh, his, his, the, the letter of James where he says in, 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 in James chapter 1, count it all joy when you encounter trials. And I'm like, when I, when I have trials in my life, joy is not the first response for me. And yet... Uh, in the kingdom of God and in the way God works in us because there is this grace that God stored up for the difficulties and the dangers and the toils and the snares that come, Paul can say to Timothy, share in suffering. Don't pull back. Don't turn away. If, if, you, if you're experiencing persecution or trouble because of your faith in Christ, don't be ashamed of the gospel. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Hang in there and lean on Christ and find the grace that he has for you. Don't run away from trouble. Why? Because every trial and every threat that will ever happen in your life has already been accounted for by God. And so Paul says to Timothy, God has strength and power for you for every trouble. Share in suffering. And then Paul illustrates in verse 7, let's look back with me again, I mean, sorry, in verse 4 again, he says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuit since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Verse 5, an athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Verse 6, it's the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. I thought thought these three metaphors were really, really interesting that Paul is uh, giving to Timothy. He says, you know, listen, if you're you're in the military, you know, you need to stay at your post and hang in there and don't vacate your post. Otherwise, you know, everybody in the camp could could get wiped out. Um, The farmer, he says, listen, if you don't hang in there and keep pulling out the weeds and keep fertilizing and keep plowing and keep sowing, there'll be no groceries, you know, later in 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 the growing season, no groceries, no harvest. He says to the athlete, he gives the illustration of an athlete, no athlete can can win and finish his race if he uses performance enhancing drugs. Right? You, can't, you, can't, you have to compete by the rules. You have to hang in there. And, and so he, he brings these three pictures to Timothy to say, listen, be strong and hang in there because suffering and difficulties are, are part of, of this life. It's part of this broken world that we all inhabit. So Paul says to Timothy, this beloved uh, son in the faith, he says, oh, oh Christian, Keep fighting for faith. Stay strong in faith and don't pull back. 
in fact, share in the suffering that may come your way and may come to your church there in Ephesus. Don't abandon your post or give in to fear when fearful circumstances, when difficult uh, issues come your way. Paul says to Timothy, as a spirit-filled, faith-filled Christian, don't let unbelief creep in and derail you from knowing and enjoying and finding all the grace that God has for you through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Like Paul wrote to the church in Corinth as they were experiencing people losing their lives, he says, all this has happened so that we might not rely upon ourselves, but rely on God who raises the dead. And that brings me now to, to verse 8. So we have kind of the little backdrop to the portion of 2 Timothy 1-9 through 9 that I'd really particularly like to focus on. Verse 8, if you'd read with me again, where Paul says, Remember, Timothy, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. It was about 10 years ago, I was walking with a brother in my church who was going through just a tremendously difficult time. And in my daily devotions, just reading along in 2 Timothy, and and I got to verse 8, and I was like, why does Paul write to Timothy back in Ephesus, this young man that he had discipled and trained up in the Lord, he was a father to him in the faith, why would he need to write to this pastor and say, remember Jesus Christ? I'm like, huh? What is this about? Why did Timothy need to be reminded uh, to not forget Jesus, to remember Jesus? It just seems so odd to me. But I think Timothy's kind of a normal guy, just like you and me. Um, difficult circumstances has come our way. Not, I've never been in prison for my faith. Uh, but I was just thinking as I was reading and meditating this week and preparing to bring this sermon to you all this week. And I was thinking, remember Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ. And I was at work on uh, Wednesday at Lowe's in Chantilly, my store where I work, the electrical department. And um, really enjoyed because almost every day I have opportunities to share the gospel. But I had this really difficult circumstance that came to me. And as I left aisle 14, just my brain just like, you know, going nuts um, over this um, challenge that came, to my, came my way. I thought, oh, I get to apply the sermon I'm going to preach on Sunday. Remember Jesus. Don't allow this, in this situation, it was a, uh, a challenging person that uh, was a, a bit of a distraction to me. And I thought, ah. And I wrote Justin. I said, oh, I'm so grateful I got to preach this Sunday and put it into practice because I could be thinking about this person at work more than the person who loved me and gave himself up for me. Remember Jesus Christ. You know, we, if you've lived as long as I have, I've walked, as Justin said, with, you know, with the Lord for 40 years. Uh, this October will be my 40th anniversary as a Christian. I sadly have had friends be, for various reasons, but some of them because of difficult trials. They've actually turned away from the faith, turned away from the Lord and 
And it's just grievous and, and so um, heartbreaking to people that uh, I, call, I still call my friends, but they're no longer uh, walking with Christ. And that's certainly an extreme, and I, I'm grateful, a fairly been a rare occurrence over the last 40 years. But less severe and more common is circumstances that can happen like they did to me on Wednesday at work. Equally dangerous, the cares and the worries of the world. And that's why Paul says back there, he, he uses, he says, no soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits because the cares and the worries of the world can cause you to forget Jesus. You get too caught up in what's going on in your everyday life and you become a functional unbeliever, so to speak, because you're, you're not thinking about the most important thing, the thing that should dominate your heart and your mind and your life is the fact that God loves you and has sent Christ for you and He's placed His Spirit in you so that you can walk with Him and talk with Him along life's narrow way. But all too often, your circumstances at work or at school, your friends the weather, your grades, or even what may be going on in this church this week can become an unholy distraction from you focusing and fixing your eyes on Jesus. I know uh, it isn't just suffering, though that uh, I think is, is quite common where difficult trials can come you can end up losing sight of Christ, not focusing. But prosperity can be a problem too. I was thinking as I was preparing this week, a number of years ago, our family had the privilege of being able to go to the beach for a week. And uh, we enjoyed the, God's creation. We had great weather and just a, a great time as a family. And waves were great. The water was great. And not too many fights. Um, Amongst the kids, Nomi never fought. She was perfect, but, but I have five sons, and so you can imagine what that was like. But um, on Saturdays, we were kind of like packing up and getting ready to go home. I thought, I don't remember the whole week opening my Bible personally once or as a family ever taking time to just think about uh, the creator who, had given, who has given us this creation to enjoy. Think about Romans chapter 1. They worship and serve the creation rather than the creator who's forever to be praised. And in our prosperity of being able to go to the beach for a week, we completely forgot God. Now God's kind and I confessed to the Lord, Lord, we forgot you and thank you for the beach. And so I think we were able to recover there quite at the end. But I was thinking, you know, you may be here this morning and things are going great for you and you're, you're just experiencing prosperity. But this message is for you this morning. You can forget God in your abundance as well. But these Christians, like you and me, uh, were being tempted um, to forget Jesus. Timothy in particular, uh, was having a struggle and was giving into fear because of the trials and the temptations that were coming. And I want to make sure in the three metaphors that Paul gives to us, here's what Paul's not 
saying to Timothy, and what I'm not saying to you is, hey, listen, farmer or computer programmer or uh, stay-at-home mom or uh, student at George Mason or whatever uh, your uh, career is or whatever season of life you're, you're in, hey, what you really need to do is to work hard. You need to just pull up your bootstraps and just be, you know, be strong because that's what Paul's advice was to Timothy in giving a farmer and a soldier and an athlete. No, Paul's instruction to Timothy was at the end of these three metaphors of these three types of um, people who, um, you know, the athlete and the farmer and, and the soldier, his advice to them was, uh, his advice to Timothy was to remember Jesus Christ. Don't forget him. Fix your eyes on him. Think about the fact that Jesus Christ, in verse 8, has risen from the dead. Jesus Christ lived as a man and died on that cross. Jesus as a man rose from the dead, and that connects with us. Because if, if it's true that Christ is risen from the dead, and as we approach Easter, we realize Easter is so incredibly practical, important for us this week. Because if, if our biggest problem with sin and death has been dealt with and overcome and destroyed by our Savior as He rose from the grave on Easter Sunday, then how much more, wherever you are this morning, can you have confidence that as you remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, then there isn't anything that's beyond God's reach and His grace in your life and in this church. And then he says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, offspring of David. Why did he bring up King David there? Because Jesus being a descendant from the line of David, Jesus is now our forever reigning king, seated at the right hand of the Father. And he's our king. And he's in charge. And he's in control. And he's going to take good care of you along your journey to heaven. And then he says here in verse 8, as preached in my gospel, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in my gospel. I love the mission statement Justin, that you have in the lobby about how the gospel is what this church is all about, this good news. And the gospel is the central message of the Christian life. It's the central message of, 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 this, of this world that we live in today. And Jesus Christ is the person about whom the gospel is about. And so Paul writes to Timothy, and I want to encourage you this morning, to remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David, as preached in this glorious gospel. By way of application, just a couple points that I hope in closing that may be of an encouragement to you. As an old guy writing to a mostly young people out here, I'd like to encourage you this morning from some ways that I've learned how not to forget Jesus as I go, th- go through my walk with, with Christ. I've um, been involved in a lot of challenging leadership situations. 
over the last uh, 40 years. And uh, sadly, I want to confess to you this morning that in a, in a couple of the difficult, challenging leadership situations like you guys have had in your church, I haven't responded with faith. And I've given in to fears. Timothy was being tempted to do. And a couple times I fell into a great despondency and depression. You know, in a, a, probably the worst case scenario, I went for about a month. I couldn't get out of bed. And I just put the pillow over my head and I didn't go to work. And I, and I couldn't do anything. I got so locked up because I got so distracted by what was going on um, in the ministry that I was involved. This is when I was a missionary overseas years ago. And I say that to my shame. Because I'd lost sight of Christ and was more focused on the leaders than I was uh, my Savior. But God's been faithful, and He helped me to see that I had a misplaced trust in, in my leaders. And as I look back, you know, I, I just I see that I'd put my trust, you know, in people. And people are always going to let you down because they're just like you and me. You're, you're frail. We're weak. And, and so my advice to you is don't put your trust in Justin. He'd make a terrible Savior. Don't put your trust in Alan and Evan or Will or your community group leader. Whoever the ministry team leader is in your church. I think I heard from Dan that there's a strategic task force that's been assembled. Don't put your trust in a strategic task force. They'd make terrible saviors. The psalmist says, vain is the salvation of man. But Jesus is a great Savior. He's a forever reigning King. He's risen from the dead. And He's the chief shepherd of Sojourn Church. So that's just a thought about Little, the very little bit that I know about what's going on here. But back to remembering Jesus and some, some application points. Just five short things in closing. Speak about, about Jesus. Do the work of an evangelist. If you have unbelievers that you're in a, in a relationship with, I can't think of anything that's more life-giving to my own soul and more encouraging to me than striking up a spiritual conversation uh, uh, with, with non-Christians. And if you're a non-Christian here today, I hope you'll uh, talk with the, the person that invited you. Or if you don't know someone, talk to the person sitting next to you about, about Jesus Christ. Come talk to me. I, I love to talk about Jesus. One of the reasons I chose to retire uh, last fall was so that I could get back out um, into uh, speaking more with believers because for the last 22 years, spent most of my time talking to Christians all the time, which I love Christians. But uh, at Lowe's, I get to talk about Christ just about every day with my coworkers. And uh, I'd be careful with the customers. But, um, but I've gotten a few gospel conversations in with the customers. But it has to, uh, sharing about Christ with unbelievers has this boomerang effect on my own soul. I get energized and I get strengthened in my faith. Second application point, way that you can help you not to forget Jesus, to remember Jesus Christ, is to entrust the gospel to others. Ch- uh, 
Chapter 2, verse 2, Paul said to Timothy, entrust to others uh, this glorious gospel. So I'd ask you this morning, is there someone in your life that you're discipling and helping along? And again, one of the joys of being a pastor for as many years I've been was, I, and I tell people all the time, oh, thanks so much, Dave, you know, for the help that you gave me. I said, well, it's kind of selfish because I find that when I get to share verses of Scripture and help you to find Christ, it actually helps me in my faith as well. So if you're not discipling someone, go find someone that, that uh, is uh, maybe not quite as far along in their walk with the Lord and grab and buy them coffee this week and check in on them and find out how they're doing and ask how you can pray for them, how you can help them to learn how to read the Bible or wherever they are in their journey. Help them move forward a little bit. The third thing is, this may come as no surprise, is read your Bible every day. Listen to the truth. Read. Memorize. Meditate. Study the Word of God. Take 2 Timothy 2.8 and memorize it this week. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. The offspring of David is preached in my gospel. That might help you when some trial comes your way uh, this week. And when you do read your Bible, make sure that you don't just focus on sanctification type verses. As important as obedience is, find verses in your Bible that get your heart warmed to where you're remembering Christ and you're meditating on the love that God has for you in the person of work of Christ. I, was, I met with this guy one time. Well, all he ever did was each month he read one proverb every day. And I love the book of Proverbs. But Proverbs is one of the more difficult books to find Christ in some of those verses. More like practical oriented. So... Um, Make sure if you are reading Proverbs every day, which is a great thing to do, and I encourage you, take a Proverb day, read it, but also supplement your reading to not only Proverbs, but some place where you can zoom in on the person and work of Christ and find Him. And then singing about Christ. If you don't have good music on your, on your iPhone or your smartphone or whatever, or your iPod, get some good music that can get your soul lifted up in, in worshiping with Christ. Those are just five things that I enjoy doing. In closing, I'd like to draw your attention to the last verse in verse 9. And reminding you, you know, Paul's in, writing this letter to, uh, to Timothy. He's in, he's in pr- prison. And he says, I'm suffering bound with chains as a criminal, but the Word of God is not bound. And that's a pretty stunning statement that Paul would uh, write to to Timothy because he's about to be uh, put to death for his faith in Christ. But he says the Word of God is not bound. And for this church, and for my church, and for all those uh, that are following Christ today, We have confidence that God has unstoppable purposes for His earth, uh, in this earth today. uh, Jesus said, uh, you know, this church um, is going to be built by by Jesus and upon this rock, and the the church will stand. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against Christ building 
his church because he's our forever reigning king. And his word and this glorious gospel is unstoppable. So no matter where you find yourself in uh, this week or what may come this week, remember Jesus Christ. And remember that nothing can separate you from his, his love, that God has grace stored up for you for whatever lies ahead and what has ever gone on in the past. He'll rescue you. He'll redeem you. He'll deliver you through every danger, toil, and snare. His grace will see you home. I'd like to close with taking communion this morning together as God's chosen people. Romans 8.32 says that He didn't spare His own Son, but He gave Him up for us all. How will He not also graciously give you everything? We have the elements prepared here this morning in the front and in the back. And we have this uh, remembrance reminder meal that helps us to remember Jesus Christ. That God didn't spare His own Son, but He gave Jesus Christ up for each one of you. And I want to especially just bring a specific word. If you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, as the congregation comes up and takes the bread, remembering that Christ's body was broken on a cross so that um, our sins could be forgiven. He who knew no sin... He became sin on that cross. His body was broken and He was punished and condemned in our place. Take note as folks take this bread that they're remembering that Christ died for them, that He loves them so much that He left heaven and came to earth for them. And His blood was a sacrifice of an atonement. His blood was shed so that we could be forgiven. And as we heard earlier, we could be reconciled to God and be reconciled to one another. If we can be reconciled to a holy God in light of all of our sins, what great possibilities exist if there's anybody in this room that lacks reconciliation with one another? Because if you can be reconciled to holy God, you can be reconciled to anybody through the blood of Jesus Christ. So let's celebrate and remember Jesus Christ in closing. And thank you so much for letting me bring God's word to you today.